2: Welcome to Take Ten.
3: Welcome to Take Ten. This is Kyle Olson from the Marvel Movie Minute. With me is my partner in crime, Rob Cabasco. Hey, what's going on? Hey, so we've uh, this is only the second episode, so it's okay if you have no idea what's going on. This is something that we do that we thought would be fun to service a need. Like we, we, last time we Disney Plus was brand new, and so we thought, hey, let's let's dig into a little catalog and give people something to do when they're done with at the time the one episode of Mandalorian that was on. <laughs> uh, right. So now uh, we're doing the same thing. So we figure a lot of you right now are subscribing to HBO Max for the very first time because. Of Wonder Woman 1984 uh, and also the fact that Warner Brothers is now going to do day and date for the rest of the year uh, with all their new releases and that's fantastic Uh, but while you're sitting there as opposed to just letting your subscription sit idle while you're waiting for those new movies to drop, we decided we were going to go dig down into some of the really cool stuff that's hidden inside of HBO Max and let you have it. So we're going to... It's called Take 10 because I, I have five picks. Rob has five picks. And we're gonna, so there's 10 new. There. And then actually our list and, uh, spilled a little bit over. So there might be some bonus ones that we're going to get to as well because I had trouble sticking to my
2: five. I did too, yes. There, <laughs> there will be more than 10, but that's okay. And, you know, we we talked about this. I mean, yeah, this. You know, what's nice about this show is we only come out with an episode when we have some really good content to talk about, right? Yeah. Exactly. Which is... <laughs> all killer, bonus. no filler.
3: <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Um, and look at... And I mean, you know, last time we did Disney+, Plus. Uh, this time we're doing HBO Max. I'm sure we'll do some other streaming service maybe someday in the future. Yeah. Look, we are not... Uh, we're not salespeople for any of these services. No, not at all. No, we're not endorsing particular anything. We're just Your saying... No promotional look, fee has been paid. Zero. But <laughs> we are listening if anyone is interested. That's so, true, yeah.
3: So... <laughs> we're not above that kind of thing we're just not big enough to get their notice no
2: exactly but no this is just an opportunity to kind of say look you know with these times and the times are what they are Mm -hmm. you're probably spending a little bit more time watching uh streaming services if you particularly have this one then here are some things that i think you'll you know we both uh, think you'll find interesting beyond the usual release of the week or the month with hbo that they get with their movie stuff
3: or the stuff that we we assume a certain level of, of media savvy with you. Like, we're not, right. like, on neither of our lists will be Game of Thrones or uh, Watchmen oh. or oh. Westworld. Oh. Like, those are all terrific shows, but you know about them. Okay. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of getting those. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I take one? Finger? So,
2: uh, welcome to take seven. <laughs> and uh, we're... No, <laughs> no i <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, wait. I wait.
3: I assume when you when you subscribe you're like, "Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch one of these shows." And and those shows are great, uh but they're also not for everyone. So right. I mean there's a lot of people I would not sit down and say, "Oh, you need to watch Game of Thrones." I mean there's that that period of time where that was like everybody was to the and there was a a whole segment of the population that were like, "Ugh, Game of Thrones whatever." Right, So right. We're not here to convince you that Game of Thrones is a quality show or not, or that Westworld is good or not. That's on you. <laughs> it's, tastes may vary. i say the nice thing about having a subscription like this is it's a buffet. Like, yes. take a little bit out there. Try the first episode. Like, I, I particularly enjoy all those shows, but, you know, everybody has their own different things. However, uh, I, I watched about half of The Sopranos and went, meh. Like, I, oh, yeah I, I didn't I no, didn't get I understood it. like it wasn't that wasn't for me like i I under I recognize the quality of the show, but sure not' really something I really wanted to spend all my time with I don't you know. know what but you but if with HBO backtrotion you can enjoy it as much as you want you can watch the whole season
2: great point though is I think what you find is on shows like the sopranos even Game of Thrones mm-hmm. they are they are more connected to the time that they came out than Very you realize. True. Yeah. And so when you're going back to something like that or uh, Deadwood or something, yeah, the, your mileage may vary now. So and, and some of this will happen with probably some of our picks. Oh, Speaking sure. of, of subscriptions, though, just in case you're wanting to know, okay, I'm 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 up for Wonder Woman 84. I want to see all of Warner Brothers movies in 2021. What am I going to pay? Um, right now, HBO Max is $14.99 a month. They do offer a, a 20% off if you prepay for six months mm-hmm. or and this is something i think some people miss and i joke about it whenever talking about them because i don't pay anything why (laughs) because my entire family is on at&t and with certain unlimited plans with at&t because they are the parent company Mm. you get it for free
3: ah beautiful corporate synergy
2: unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) so kind of take a look and see if this is something that you know you if you don't already have it if you'd want to yeah, it, I when, don't you hear, think when you hear when talk about it, doing any
3: of the free weeks anymore because oh, of no. the, the big announcements like it's sort of like you're in you're in
2: no these days you're the, there's no more value other than give us your money you get to watch Wonder Woman and it That's, used to be
3: a very expensive in terms of that and then Netflix raised its prices again yeah. and so now it sort of comes in in the middle of the pack like it yeah. sort of oh goes yeah. from Apple TV pricing wise at the bottom all the way up to. Uh, Netflix at the top, so right. it, it, HBO Max now sits somewhere in the middle. Uh, okay, so let's let's get into our list. So uh, why don't you take the first one? What do you got to, okay. to tell the good people about? So
2: so my picks, and this uh, and this was a launch title, but I think it's kind of gotten forgotten about. And I just, we, my daughter and I really loved it. And I'm just gonna preface this by saying, in my picks, my first one is positive, my last one is positive, my middle ones are a little bit darker. That that's why I went with positive. <laughs> But there is a wonderful little show that they did with the um, Sesame Street uh, people called uh, the Not Too Late Show with Elmo. Oh, and yeah! And check this out it's it's thirteen episodes. They're only about fifteen minutes each, and yes, it's Elmo being a talk show host, very much in the vein of Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert. And it's really adorable. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the perfect tongue in cheek that Sesame Street, the the workshop, you know, people have in sort of wink wink, nudge nudge to older audiences. And at the same time, I mean, honestly, you'll just have a lot of fun with it. And they had some great guests. Uh, John Mulaney, mm. uh, Pentatonix, oh, wow. John Oliver, Andy Co- uh, Cohen, uh, Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis is on hey, actually the, the final. Ted Lasso. Uh, yes. <laughs> show that we love. Which um, you'll not find on HBO Max. No. you <laughs> No. <laughs> um, but it, it's honestly, it's just really fun. And they did a nice job. If you, have, you want to reminisce about Sesame Street, you'll really enjoy it. It's fun. All right,
3: nice choice, yeah. And HBO Max is the home of Sesame Street, so you can see right. uh, not only like the last couple seasons, but also a bunch of classic ones, too. So, uh, And I found those have not aged very well either because I sat down with my then six-year-old and showed her some of the new Sesame Street, and she loved it. And I showed her some of the ones that I grew up on, and she was out the door. It's like she... <laughs> the, the The rhythm of the shows has changed dramatically.
2: Well, our attention spans are different. Yeah. Thanks, Internet. Anyway... <laughs>
3: All right. All right. So, um, so, uh, my first one, uh, Is Game of Thrones? No. Uh, no. Kind of. Okay, so you can have your own opinions about Game of Thrones. Obviously, it it captured the the imagination of the nation for a short period of time. People don't think it's really stuck the landing, and that's a different conversation. But one of the the things that cannot be argued is the amazing scale of the production. Like the fact that they were able to shoot this show in three countries simultaneously Mm -hmm. with people going back and forth and everything. So... And they we get to see a little glimpse of that in a special they put out right for the last thing, and it's called Game of Thrones, The Last Watch. So even if you are not the biggest, if you'd ever watched the show, if you're not the biggest fan of the show, if you're like me, who liked the behind the scenes stuff, like my wife and I love Lord of the Rings, but we really love the behind the scenes and seeing all this, how they've done it. We've watched... The behind the scenes on all the expanded editions multiple times. That's how much we like it. This is great because this is like a two-hour movie that shows the the sheer scale of the production. And it does it in a really cool way because it's not about following the show creators or following the actors. It really gets down to the, the people on the ground. Uh, so one of the big stories is about the person who ran the catering. Like, how do you feed this? This is like basically like three armies in different oh, places. Wow. How do you feed them all? So like they poke in the, or, or the person who did the costuming or the, one of the guys who was an extra and actually they liked him so much they kept using him. So he died like three or four times over the course of the series because they liked him so much. They brought him back, put him in a new wig, had him get stabbed by a different character and then he'd come back again. And then they talk a little bit about like what, like it, as, as he knows that this was probably the only job he's ever going to have like this what is you do what do you do now like when you're a featured extra on the biggest television show of all time and that show ends what happens to you like so right. they, they talk a lot about that so it's a it's a really really interesting story about uh, a massive massive show but they do it in a microcosm so you can see how it affects these individual people and watch how hard these people work uh so yeah it's it's a it's a fascinating documentary and uh, it's a really great peek behind the scenes at how this show was done so game oh. of thrones the last watch
2: Nice. Now is this now is it take place is it filmed throughout the entire run of the series or is it just well, focused on a certain development
3: yeah, period? Yeah, some of it some of it but but mostly it focuses on the last the last couple episodes so like as they're sort of wrapping up and and closing everything down but they sort of tell people's story about like oh I was hired here and they show like little bits along the way and they get to and then they get to sort of the big wrap party at the end too and and in case you're worried yes you do see the celebrities like (laughs) so it's like you will see all the actors at various times too like you know sort of casually through but they they are not the main part of the the documentary which I think is what makes it really super interesting
2: I think that's amazing that so much time and, and effort and resources are spent on documenting the production of these kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. we've seen I this love in that like. Stuff. I was in, afraid it
3: was going to go away when uh, when sort of we switched from Blu-ray to streaming. Exactly uh, I really was right. Sad about that, but now no. it seems like people they realize people have a real hunger for this stuff.
2: This is awesome. That's fantastic. Um all right so my next pick uh and th- this is this is two two different series but I'm going to put them together cuz they're kind of the same thing and they're they've sort of been back to back. Okay. So uh, HBO has been known to be a phenomenal uh developer of documentaries. Yes. And not just like the, the one you just talked about but like ones that tackle really tough issues, really serious things. I got caught up in watching The Vow. Oh. And The Vow is a documentary about the uh, true it's a true crime story of this cult called Nexium. was big in the news in the last few years Mm -hmm. especially in late fall of 2020 and it I got totally sucked in it was unbelievable it told this whole story from the perspective of some of the people who got involved in this unfortunately and and their struggles the two people of note I would mention that are in it that are heavily featured is uh, Catherine Oxenberg, who is a famous American actress from the 80s, I believe, Dynasty, maybe a few mm-hmm. other shows. Okay. Her daughter was involved in this. And uh, Bonnie uh, P.S., I might be pronouncing her last name wrong, she played a young Aunt Beru in the Star Wars prequels. Ah. And so of course, she-
3: the biggest celebrity name attached to this would be then Allison Mack, yes. who was a, the star of Smallville, for the entire run, I think she's yes. it all the way to the end.
2: She was the she right there with with Clark Kent's character. I mean, they right. were they were actually the main characters of that show for the most part. Um, and you know, I'll tell you what it's it's you know why would you watch this? This is horrible. This is about a sex cult and and all this horrible pain and and craziness that it caused. What they do in this is that they it's not just about the aftermath and the stuff that goes on. They really go into how did people get caught up in this? And everybody who get caught, gets caught up in this is normal. They're just like well, any of us. And they just do an amazing job exploring it. I know there's been some controversy about this because there's another series that is coming out on another network that involves some of the other people that were not a part of this one. And, and for all transparency purposes, uh HBO has announced there is a season two of this show coming out. And you'd say to yourself, What how is there a season two? <laughs> <laughs> they actually, the guy who was the head of the cult is now in prison, and he is, I guess going to contribute they're going to interview him from jail and 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 maybe allison mack the rumor is that maybe she might be involved in the second season of this wow. again why would you watch it? it just because it's a wonderful detailed study of human psychology and and honestly if you want to know how people get caught up in cults <laughs> because that might be appropriate information for these times that that you know you you could learn like what makes people tick and that in, includes all of us
3: and as someone who is not into documentaries, uh, I, I I actually found a an HBO documentary that I really really got into. So that I'll use that for my next pick. Uh, so this was a story that like like sort of came and, and disappeared uh, for a while, but then they now did a documentary, and I thought, how are you going to make an entire documentary about this this one stupid little story? And so it was one of those times like during quarantine and we had HBO Max sure, and we decided to try right. and we just try the first episode and then got absolutely hooked so much that so they even roped in my 13-year-old daughter and got roped in. That was a little story called McMillions. Oh. So McMillions is the story of how for like through the late 90s and early 2000s, the McDonald's Monopoly game was rigged. For the last like right. five years they ran it, not one person who won an event was actually a random winner. They were all chosen by someone. They and so it get it the the story they tell is fascinating. It goes over multiple episodes, they always like find a way to end on a cliffhanger where you're like, Wait, what? So they, they go all the way back from from the original FBI tip and you meet the FBI agents who are investigating it, and then they go through and then it gets involved in organized crime and uh, family and land deals and, and over close to multiple states. And like it just this, this whole web of conspiracy gets bigger and bigger. And the biggest question is through the whole thing is, how the hell did they do it? Yes. Like, yes. because like they show all the security measures they took. And how is it that someone on the inside got all of the winning tickets from under the noses of everyone who was grading this and had them and was able to give them out year after year after year? Uh, so, you don't know, actually that, that one, they tease that out over the end. So that before you understand the whole story, then they tell you exactly how it was done. It's. Uh, masterwork in terms of like storytelling like I've never I've seen a couple documentaries before uh that you know like hour and a half and you're like okay this is over like course like six hours and every episode was like riveting because you're like it's like 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 the Sopranos or like any of these big dramas you're following every character and someone shows up and you're like oh there's that guy again like you remember them and their story and, and how they're connected to it and then you find out they were actually lying about this and they actually were over here. And I mean, yeah, it becomes this huge uh, intricate web, but they, they're very clear in their storytelling, so You never get lost in it too. So yeah, it's, as a person who does not like documentaries, I entirely got hooked on that one. I should say, I don't like documentaries usually about true crime. I say my documentary stuff that I'm interested in is usually pop culture.
2: Oh yeah, well, I understand. Yeah. That. Which HBO uh, also
3: has a good selection of that stuff as well. They
2: well, there may be another one on my list here too. Uh, <laughs> I, well, no, you know what? Th- that was based. Was that based on a podcast? I forget McMillan. It was or a ma-
3: novel. I know. Oh, Okay, then, maybe right. And then, so maybe they I mean, they probably did a podcast as well. And I believe it's actually now to being developed as a feature.
2: Yeah. No, that's a great. It's a that's a great pick, and it's a great great story. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Okay, I am gonna go again. Documentary on this one, but yeah. this one's a much more lighter heart. Well, mm, mm. half and half. If you grew up in the northeastern part of the United States in the 1980s, you more, more than likely heard about an infamous theme park that was oh. in Vernon Township, New Jersey. And I can distinctly remember this. I can tell you this. Growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania, I remember my brother and I watching the commercials for this. And I remember us both thinking... <gasps> that place looks amazing. <laughs> and also knowing there was no way in heck my parents were going to take us there because it looked ridiculous. The, the, the park was called Action Park and the documentary, which was came out this year in 2020 is called Class Action Park. Mm. It is, and this is not, this is not a multi-episode one. This is a one and done. This is a, this is about an hour and a half, I'd say. And it is just an incredibly funny, serious, because obviously there were people hurt at this park. And if you don't know, the story is, Action Park was just run by a guy in New Jersey. He bent a lot of the rules, didn't really have any safety protocols, let kids run the park, and he kind of sort of paid off all the, like, township people so that they looked the other way. And crazy stuff (laughs) happened. And if you want to know one of the crazy stories, I can tell you is they had an area in the park where they had golf carts that were made up to look like tanks Mm -hmm. with, like, chicken wire on them and had... Uh, baseball shooters mounted to the front of them that would shoot tennis balls at each other and you would run around you would drive your your tank on, on this big area and shoot tennis balls at like the other people one day at the park apparently a guy shows up kid is inside his tank he brought himself a lighter and some lighter fluid and lit all the tennis balls on fire <laughs> as they're being shot <laughs> wow. out of the tank <laughs> that's and that's just one story this this is full of these stories and if for no other reason that is more entertaining it is uh narrated by John Hodgman so it is oh, wildly entertaining no, my
3: attention is back <laughs> it, no yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. Flaming tennis balls out of yeah. a golf cart? That didn't you know. yeah, yeah. um, No, nah, it's. I'll tell you yeah. what. It is really worth watching, and obviously, and there is there is a serious component to it because there were people well, who got who killed hurt. at this part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, killed? Well, really? Yeah, yeah, killed, and bad um, okay. stuff happened. Yeah. So, if you're interested in this, or if you have any memories, again, northeastern the United States in the 1980s, you you've heard of this. Yeah, definitely give this a look.
3: Yeah, I believe they did a, a feature of this, too. Didn't Johnny Knoxville do his own Well, that's the story? The,
2: that his, his was completely fictitious, but mm-hmm. was based on, based on. the oh, okay. lore of this actual place.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's that's Class Action Park?
2: Class Action Park.
3: Class Action Park. Okay. Uh, so I'm going I'm to shift over into the fiction section, uh, and I'm going to tell you about this is probably the weirdest thing on this list and probably the most obscure. Yes, I'm throwing oh. down that gauntlet, Rob. <laughs> So this is a, a film I I saw back in in the nineties and it was one of these things where it's it's it would have been a cult classic, except that it's an HBO original picture and like nobody was watching HBO in the nineties. Sure. Uh so it was also done on a shoestring budget. So I will tell you <laughs> that this is not the big sumptuous West World style gigantic thing they had now. This was when HBO was a struggling network trying to survive. But they every once while they up with something fantastic. So this is from 1991. Uh, so it's a it's a story of a detective in the 1940s. Uh, you know, going about his business, trying to solve a he's, there's a missing book and there's a there's a femme fatale, there's all this stuff in there. However, the difference is is that in this world, everybody uses magic. So it's called cast a deadly spell. So he's a guy. So the the. the main actor is played by Fred Ward, and he's Harry Lovecraft. Uh, oh. And so he's trying to track down uh, this missing book, which is actually a cursed spell book. Uh, and so in that cast, you have uh, you have David Warner, who, if anybody watching any the 80s movies, you've seen him. And he also, he was on Game of Thrones as well. Um, he was also in Time Bandits. Uh, Julianne Moore is the uh, sort of the femme fatale. And Clancy Brown is in this as well. So one of my favorite sort of character actors. This is actually directed by Martin Campbell, who went on to direct... Golden Eye. Oh wow! Yeah, written written by uh, Joseph Doherty, who did a bunch of like a uh, bunch of the dramas, and that he was in thir- did something with Thirty uh, Something, and uh, like a lot of the the sort of eighties, nineties dramas and stuff too. It's this great, weird little movie. I mean, it's it's not you know weird in terms of like. Uh, gross and stuff. It's, it's actually like a pretty good noir story and then like f- people will have like floating suitcases going past them or like casually be talking to little animatronic demons and stuff. It's it's a it's a strange little thing but it was, like I said don't go in expecting it to be you know, Constantine, I guess. I'm trying to think of, one of the big supernatural horror there's not, they don't make a lot of those these days uh, but it's, it's a cool, fun, weird little movie uh, that I really, really enjoyed so Cast a Deadly Spell, it's an HBO original I think you'll only find it on HBO
2: I always love uh, Fred Ward in, um, uh, oh, as we're recording this, obviously, the recent passing of Chuck Yeager. Uh, huh. He plays uh, Gus Grissom in The Right Stuff, in the original uh-huh. 1983 movie. And I love him in that. Fred Ward is yeah. awesome in that Fred movie. And, in and he's been yeah. in just a really uh, interesting uh, set of performances. So, yeah, very cool. Um, OK, so I have. OK, so now this is weird this pick and I may be <laughs> oh good well, we're, we're doing weird I like weird. well now well because this this was a series this was uh, there's only one season of it and it came out I want to say in 2015 so this is you know uh June middle of the middle of the year and I remember hearing about this I was totally into it I watched it loved it it's quirky let me mm. tell you it's mm. awkward it's not for kids a couple of the things here we're mentioning it's ranging kids and not for kids yeah. um Let me just tell you, though, I loved the show and they had lit it for a second season and then they said no, and I'm not (laughs) sure why. It is a series called The Brink.
3: Oh, okay. I don't know And
2: so it basically this and and the idea was was that it involved people from the United States State Department and a whole bunch of different characters in government, government relations. And that if the first season was going to focus on a geopolitical crisis in Pakistan involving crazy intrigue and then the idea was that every season it would be the same characters but in a different scenario in a different part of the world right so the idea is that hey everything's falling apart we're on the brink of disaster Mm. how do we get out of it now you say to yourself okay wait so that sounds kind of interesting i don't know it sounds like something could be on hulu or whatever the cast for this was jack black and tim robbins as the two main characters wow and i mean it was just so well done, but it was. And again, I can't emphasize the fact that it was very quirky. They had other people in this: um, Asif Ma, uh, Manvi, Monvi. Oh, I love Asif Manvi. Yeah, it, uh, I've got. Thank you. Um, Jamie Alexander was a recurring character. Michelle Ooh, Gomez, that was John Sif. Larroquette. Yes, oh, like
3: John Larroquette. Oh man, John Laroquette,
2: who plays an amazing character. I won't even give anything <laughs> away if you watch this because you have to see his character because you're like, oh, well, I really hope this is how no things really are. Um, <laughs> It just was amazing, and they even got like the first. I think the the pilot episode was directed by uh, Jay Roach. Wow. Okay. So you know, I mean, they really got people behind this, and I think they expected it to be a big deal, and it just it just didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Um, but if you want something, and let me just tell you, Michelle Gomez, who many people uh, might know from various things, she plays Missy the was... Mistress mm-hmm. uh, from Missy. Doctor Who, Missy. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, her. Oh, okay, and it's not for kids. Her, <laughs> car- I mean it gets weird if you're looking for something that's just a departure from the normal political espionage like entertainment oh this this will probably do the trick and you get to see Jack Black and Tim Robbins just chew yeah. up the screen so Anyway, The right, Brink. So
3: the Brink. All right. So uh, my next pick is also of the one-season wonders uh, that, that came and disappeared. And this is I – because mean, this show never made an impact, and I don't really understand why. Like, this should be on the list of some of the best one-season wonder shows of all time. Uh, and it wasn't. So this was is from 2008. It was, a, it was a show that came out. They did, like, eight episodes. And then – nobody seems to know why it was cancelled like every everything i read online was sort of like oh yeah i I just uh, turned it away so it's called the number one ladies detective agency it's about a woman in africa she's from africa uh who basically decides to open a detective agency in her small town so it's a small town detective show it's just set in a village in africa and so like i i'm trying to explain to know how to explain this because there's no. If there's. If this is not a crime-ridden thing. This is not murder and rape and and you know like and stealing. Like it's basically like I think my husband's cheating on me. Okay, well, I'll find out about that. Or someone stole my you know my 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 prized milking goat. So it's. I. I it's like I don't want to say it's wholesome, but it's like. It's friendly it's like you know it's, yes, uh, it's, it's no, like she's, absolutely. Not dealing, she's not dealing with drug lords mean like she's dealing with helping people with their problems and so it stars Jill Scott who most people know as a, a singer who she's a fantastic singer but actually did a little bit of acting too and her sort secretary her sort of uh, uh, sidekick is Annika Noni Rose. It's like the the two of them together, it's like these two women just trying to help the people in their very small community. Uh, and that and it's gorgeous because it, sh- it was actually shot, I think, in Botswana. Oh, wow. So you have these, gr- these amazing vistas they have going through. And it's just, and everybody is just like, a normal person going about their normal lives, like it's. it's I, I, it's. It was the first episode was actually directed by Anthony Minghella, and so if I had to do my armchair prediction of why it was canceled, it was because between the 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 first second season and what was going to be the second season, Anthony Minghella died. Anthony Minghella was the uh. guy who directed English Patient and Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, he did uh, Cold Mountain. He did a bunch of stuff with the Muppets too, um, and so when he died. I think the sort of the heart went out of the show, and everybody just sort of walked away from the table a little bit um, but it's only like eight episodes seven episodes so six episodes in the pilot so the pilots sort of like an hour hour and a half or so um, so I mean it, so it's you know won't it won't uh, strain your your eyes <laughs> in terms of watching you could probably knock it out in a weekend or whatever and it's just a, it's just a nice feel-good show I mean really high quality performances really good writing and like in a, in a setting you've never seen before it's it's one of these things like I don't know why more people aren't putting this up there is one of the the great shows that HBO ever put out. So the number one uh, ladies detective agency. And I recommend the books too. The books are actually are very good as well. But this was a very good adaptation.
2: Very nice. As you were saying this, I was looking it up. Um when you search for this, make sure you put number as NO period in N-O, yeah N-O the, o abra- period. the abbreviation right. Because yeah. they don't even have and they have no cross searching. If you if you type out the word number, you get nothing. Yeah. Well you get <laughs> like right. an episode of Sex in the City, which yeah, I they're mean, new. Remember. They're still learning. I mean yeah <laughs> They're figuring that out. <laughs> the, the, the SEO on that has got to go with that. So, uh, oh, that I looks say, cool. okay. Okay, yeah, I've never heard go, of if it. If
3: from nothing else on this list, if you don't know say, I would, i recommend checking that check it out because like this, I, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't enjoy this.
2: Wow. Oh. Um, okay, so my, so this is my, I think it's my fifth pick. Yeah, this is me rounding up. Yeah, this will be your um, last one. Okay, now this is an, this is an odd one and I'm going to tell you, your mileage may vary on this, but I, I, when I knew that HBO Max was coming out, this was one of the first things I said I am watching, because I had seen it originally when it when it first came out on HBO uh, back in 2011. So almost ten years ago, uh, it is a documentary called "God Is the Bigger Elvis." Oh, okay. And if you don't, if you don't know what the story about this is, so this is a story about Dolores Hart, who was an actress in 1957. She co-starred with Elvis Presley in uh, his picture "Loving You." and in this film she kisses elvis and this is elvis's first on-screen kiss so it was hmm. a big deal for elvis you know for elvis fans and stuff um and then i think she was in another film uh, she was in king creole so hmm. she was in another film with him beautiful actress had a very nice relationship with elvis presley um shortly after this at the age of 24 she abandoned her career and became a benedictine nun
3: oh okay now i know this story yes
2: and i will <laughs> Just tell you this. It doesn't matter what your affiliation is or anything. This is a beautiful, tender story about just the callings that people have in their lives and what they're drawn to. And the the journeys that they take, the sacrifices that they make, all of it. I'm gonna tell you, it is just it is a beautifully well done story. And I love this. This is this is one of those things, again, this is this long history of, of HBO just putting money into projects that you just nobody else would (laughs) nobody else is going to tell this story right and 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 bravo to them i mean again everything's got a you know everyone's got a different take i'm sure this is the kind of stuff that hbo and their wisdom has has spent wisely and i think there's just some stuff here that uh you may enjoy so if you're looking for a uh, an uplifting tale about life this is something to check out god is the bigger Elvis.
3: That's really good. I, I know I've seen her a lot because in the 90s, every time Oscar season would roll around, she is a current – I mean, I, I believe she's still alive.
2: Yeah, uh, yes. I as far believe. as I know.
3: Uh, so she is a still a member of the Academy because yes. she was a screen actor, so yes. she's still part of the Academy. So they would, they would bring her out at Oscar time and be like – What's the nun's pick for best picture? Yes, and that stuff. and yes, so they would bring her yes. out and like actually interview her in full habit. Yes. Uh, about what uh, what movies were that and what she was picking for uh, her oh. choice because she got to vote on the Oscars.
2: Yeah, at the time of this recording she is uh, 82 years old in uh, Chicago and uh, and you know and, and it's amazing. I mean, what an interesting life in that cuz she's I believe it's cloistered. I believe the so I, I mean she so. she only, you know, they're in fact one of the most poignant endings not to give anything away because <laughs> this is always in the promos. She had a, a a man who she had had a, a close personal relationship with, and at the time she had left to, to go for this change in her life, he still comes and visits her on the one day, I think, a year that she can leave and have a conversation with somebody. Wow. And my God, it is just unbelievable. Like, again, it uh, this the I think this was the first thing I watched the day <laughs> that I, I activated my HBO Max subscription. <laughs> so I love it okay. so much. So there you go. So okay, so my, my
3: last pick also is in, of the only HBO would pay for this kind of thing. And, and actually, it's, it's, a, it's a movie that both of us really enjoy. But I got to tell you, this is a very, very small segment of the population is going to like this. But I, this is one of the things. I, I just love that this movie even exists. And I'm happy that now it's on HBO Max that everybody can see as much as they want. It's called The Late Shift. Oh. So this, oh. is, this is actually a fictionalized uh, story uh telling about how david letterman lost the tonight show uh, so it actually is based on a, a real book like like bill carter wrote the book like he interviewed everybody and like did a fact and then wrote the screenplay based on his book so it's based in fact in the, in the way a lot of each like recount and things are based in fact but it's still technically fictionalized but it tells the story of like how jay leno sort of you know I guess it it weaseled his way into uh, into getting Johnny Carson's slot and and about how the shifting of power and at the end of the day, yes, it is just about a bunch of white dudes fighting for a job. But the fact that it's David Letterman and it's Jay Leno and you know that, that we have uh, Johnny Carson and I mean like all these people are major Hollywood players if you know any of the people from the time uh, it is it, it's, it's fascinating to see sort of the behind the scenes of like you know we're used to seeing they stand up they tell a couple of jokes about the president and then they go and interview a starlet and like but like what was going on behind the scenes or what these people were really like uh, it was a fascinating glimpse into that I, I'm fascinated by that whole world uh, and like the and, and especially this story and this is the only time anyone has ever done anything like this it was directed by Betty Thomas. Uh, yes. Who is, has a lot of a, a, a really really deep comedy resume uh, That you you can dig into uh, But yeah it's, it's, it, Once you get past the fact that they don't look exactly Like the people <laughs> You you, you can just roll with it uh, Yeah it's, 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 And always, like you're talking about It's a very fun glimpse into what uh, Life and corporate life was like Back in the, the late 80s early 90s
2: Can I say something right now? Yeah this is why I love doing shows with you and talking with you. No, do because because let me tell you this. I'm not even kidding. You heard my initial reaction and then I just shut yeah. up because I just wanted you to just have it. This was the second thing I watched. Oh, after God nice. is the bigger Elvis. Yeah. I Love this, and it kills me. I even forgot to put it in the list. (laughs) I I was always gonna do it first because I
3: thought, Oh, Rob's gonna get that one. I should probably do it. No,
2: this I mean, this is amazing, and I'm not kidding. Probably Lifetime, I think I've watched this maybe seven or eight times. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. It's that good if you grew up now. If you have no connection to David Letterman or Jay Letterman, if you don't know who Johnny Carson
3: is, then you're not gonna know what the big deal is. But yeah, just even if you're curious. Like who is this weird bearded guy on Netflix that's talking to Kanye? Uh, well, yes,
2: watch the Late Shift. You can find out like uh, the, the sort of the the crux of his career. No, and it's and it's absolutely crazy. And honestly, there are some cautionary tales in here about just yes. stardom, yep. and negotiations uh-huh. and being loyal to people and being loyal to the right people and all this yeah. stuff. Well, i I got to tell you, no, and the, and there's great performances. You got yeah, Ca- Kathy Bates. Uh, Kathy Bates. Yeah. Uh, John Michael Higgins does yes. an admirable David Letterman. He really does. <laughs> I mean, it's not actually bad. And you know who my favorite character in this is? Um, Steven Gilborn, who is such an amazing character actor. He plays Peter LaSalle, who is oh. David's one of David's great confidence. He is the yeah. one who basically orchestrates the final deal where he could have the Tonight Show, because he was great. Yeah. It is such a wonderful performance. Oh, man. <laughs> and yeah, you're... Well... I, we yeah. will not talk about the the villain in this, cause... yeah, and and I, I will also yeah
3: exactly. I, I will also say uh, that this was also done for a budget, so you know they, oh, they, oh oh yeah oh no luckily, totally. uh, like ninety percent of the story is set in like office buildings, so that's fine. But like you know, it, it, there's a certain expectation of money spent that you have with HBO now and that wasn't the case back at the this period. Uh, I think Late Shift and Castelli Spell are, are of a piece that you, where they were like given okay. a certain amount of money to do something
2: with. If you here's 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 the thing I'll tell you to watch here's the here's the part you just have to watch just for any reason of it. Okay, one Rich Little is is yes. playing Johnny Carson and does yes. a spot on Johnny Carson. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But and treat Williams is Michael Lovitz. I mean yeah. I could just keep going yeah. on okay but here's the, here's the part you want to see it's like why well, am I gonna watch this scan to the part where all the different networks are pitching to David Letterman right one of the most I mean then this was based on apparently what happened yeah an amazing class in if you've ever had a pitch for your company or yourself learn and see how ridiculous some of the pitches are <laughs> for what was to be a multi-million dollar contract like yeah Oh yeah, they were they were dude. basically trying to
3: crown the next king of television. Well, and that's and they, and listen, and in, their, in their heads, that's what they was going.
2: For. And and because if you don't if you don't know what happened back then, Johnny Carson was the king of late night television. Yes, Unlike he, anything we we've, we've never had anything like right that since.
3: And, or since yeah he he could make or break a career like he absolutely could, like he could like he he like would you know his his approval would guarantee box office opening a careers like you know he. Almost all of the uh, comedians who went on to create shows like Seinfeld, like Drew Carey, basically because they were given the approval of Johnny Carson. And people who were not, you know, they never got the television deals. They never got the movie deals.
2: He had no competition. There was no. (laughs) No, No it's. Uh, Oh, what a. Yes. Master pick. (laughs) Master pick.
3: (laughs) So uh, I let's see. I, I had trouble sticking a five, and I know you did too. So, what are your uh, sort of honorary mentions?
2: Okay, so this is ridiculous, and I'm going to apologize <laughs> in advance. No, I have two more. Um, okay, and these are honorable mentions, and the reason why is they're going to make you laugh. They're both politically themed because okay. I used to work in politics. Well, no, you're going to laugh if you don't know about yeah, the second mine one. Are definitely not politically. Yeah, themed. no, th- and this is and this and <laughs> let me just tell you something. When I say the words mileage may vary, your mileage yeah. may definitely vary on these because these are these, so are, these are, are for these everybody. Are yeah. These are personal picks. These are personal picks. Um, the one is from this year that came out earlier in uh, 2020. It's called Agents of Chaos. Hmm. It is a two-part documentary uh, directed by Alex Gibney, who is known for doing many hard-hitting, cr- crazy documentaries about real-world controversies and other things. Um, it revolves all around the Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election.
1: Oh, wow.
2: It's only two parts. It it will, it will scare you. I'm sure they can do two more parts now. I mean, dude, it's, I listen, whatever side you're on, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go anywhere in any of this. Like, it, it, oh, dude, if you watch it, you'll, you'll feel a little bit, you'll watch this and then go back and watch like the not so late show with Elmo. Cause that'll bring you back. <laughs> It'll cleanse your palate. That'll <laughs> cleanse your palate. And then the second one, which is also politically uh, motivated. It is from 2012. It is Game Change. It is their uh, version of the book by the same name that uh, is about uh, basically the telling of a portion of the 2008 presidential election uh, with John McCain. It's basically telling the story of John McCain and Sarah Palin. Here's the reason, though, why I mentioned this, why I mentioned this, this part. Um, I mentioned this documentary because I'm in it. You are. So, so the story, <laughs> so the story is I actually, I actually worked. I was the, I was a creative director on McCain in 08 and uh, uh in my many years of doing political stuff i designed all the stuff i designed the airplane there is a cgi airplane that is my design that's <laughs> in the show um i wish i offered you- with what- are you credited? No, I'm not credited. Oh. Here well, no, no, no. See, it gets it gets dicey here. So, like, all they redesigned all the stuff I designed, like the placards that are in front of podiums and the yeah. background banners and everything. And I even remember I heard when they were putting this together, I even tried to put a note into somebody and said, "If you want the files, yeah, I'll give I, you all the I Illustrator think. files. Like, you don't have yeah. to remake anything. Just and I don't even put put me in like the bottom yeah, of the give credits. Me a special Just, thanks. Yeah. That's that's all I need. So wait, so then there's a really funny part. Is like if you go to like the last three or four minutes, it ends with election night. And they used archival footage of the actual um, speech that he gives over at the Arizona Biltmore. There's one shot. It's plain as day. You can see Margie and I in the crowd. If you pause it, because it was dark and we were right in the lights, and you can absolutely see my wife and I. And if I point it out, you will go, yeah, there's your Margie. They are right there. That's a minute, but it's kind
3: of funny. Oh, wow. You're on HBO Max. You're streaming on HBO Max right now.
2: I, I mean for two seconds in a crowd.
3: (laughs) But
0: yes.
2: (laughs) So there you go. All right.
3: Well, I I don't have anything that cool.
2: Uh, It's not uh, that cool.
3: My alternates are um, uh, something I think uh, both of us, uh, there's a couple things that we we heavily overlap in, and one of those is wrestling. And uh, (gasps) HBO Max had a magnificent documentary called Andre the Giant.
1: That's another uh, that awesome was, one. <laughs>
3: that was the first thing that I watched when I got my HBO Max subscription, yes. uh, and it's and it is it is amazing. Like even oh, if yeah. you're just a fan of his from the Princess Bride, you yes. need to see this because it yes. tells his whole life and how amazing that man was and the things he had to go through and endure and how kind he was and like there is not a person in this documentary who has a bad thing to say about Andre the Giant yeah like he's saying like he is like then they say gentle giant that is this he is the reason why uh so yeah it is and of course like like also like they uh and it, it, it's sad at the end because you know how <laughs> how all these documentaries have to end, uh, except that his legacy lives on, and you know people still love Andre the Giant. So yeah, it's just it's just called Andre the Giant, directed by Jason here, uh, and so you can you check it out in the documentary section. It is it is a, a solid hour and a half, and even if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, it's worth your time.
2: No, you you hit it right on the head. Not only if you're a wrestling fan, but if you're a Princess Bride fan, absolutely watch it. And one of the things that you will really get is, is that it's so, it's amazing what he went through for the last multiple years of his career. Yeah. He was in agony yeah. and he was performing and doing all this stuff. And it's just, it's incredible, incredible story of perseverance.
3: And and they talk, and if you're a Princess Bride fan, they do talk a lot about Princess Bride and, and yes. everybody who they, they talk to, like, just has wonderful Glowing stories to to tell about him and how he was on that set. and then how ba- basically he thought of that as the, one of the best things she'd ever done. Yes, like how much he loved being there with them uh, and and how much he liked the final product of it too. So he was a, a big thing then. Um, and then my other like little thing is I'm a big fan of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, so what pe- a lot of people don't know is Pee Wee Herman the character came out of the Groundlings, and so. And that character sort of broke out just from Paul Rubens doing a, a, a wacky character in a, in a sketch. I think it was a, a dating game riff. And so he came up with, like, who would be the worst person to be in a dating game? And he created Pee Wee Herman essentially to be the worst person that someone would be as a contestant. And the character broke out so fast that he sort of – he said, I never created another character because of that one <laughs> was so great. I just did that for them. And so from that, he created a stage show of that. So – then that that became the Pee Wee Herman show was a stage show, and it was, like, the hottest ticket in town at the time. Like, they basically just did that, and they had that at, at a small theater in L.A. Then it actually went to, to Broadway for a while, and from that, that's how he got Pee Wee's Playhouse. But the Pee Wee Herman show was actually an adult-themed version of that, not in terms of, like capital-A adults, but, like more like the jokes and the sentiment were much more adult aimed uh than the than the very kid-friendly version that we saw on cbs on on saturday mornings most people know paul rubin's story then he went away for a while and then when he came back and he came back he actually revised the show and then did on broadway so that that was what was cool is that hbo then recorded it so in 2011 they actually recorded the full version of the Pee Wee herman show with multiple cameras and stuff too and there's a a bunch of uh like a lot of people from uh the original show who went on to play playoffs and then came back into this so like the like the genie is the same guy and that kind of thing uh and there's other people who have sort of aged out or like gotten huge. Like the fact that Lawrence Fishburne was the original Cowboy Curtis. So obviously <sighs> Lawrence Fisher is not going to come and do Broadway for eight shows for this day. So, um, so they found somebody else do that. A great, uh, another great performer. Uh, I won't let that be a surprise uh, for those of you who are animation fans. You're going to be excited, but they actually, you got to see, you get to see the whole show as if you're, you know, like, like Hamilton, like you're, you know, f- Front row center, uh, seeing a great So if you want to see a great, another great Broadway show, uh, the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway uh, is streaming on HBO Max. So check that out too. Did Good not year, know. B- that's yeah.
2: nope. That just got added to my list. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good one. So oh. I say
3: we we could go on because I actually had a bunch of stuff that I, I'm like I'm like oh I can't talk about this I can't talk this and like the, we could just even do one just on series. So oh, uh, yeah. there's a lot a lot of great stuff that HBO Max does. And then and say I, one of the things we we talked about when we were sort of planning this is I didn't even want to talk about the stuff that's streaming because the streaming wars are so weird right now that right. <laughs> we can't say like you should watch The Dark Knight because. At time of recording, I have no idea if The Dark Day is still going to be there because they no, exactly are right. moving around so fast that I, I wanted to focus on the stuff that are solid pieces of, H- of HBO Max and, and of the HBO family that are not going anywhere.
2: Right. Well, we've even said, because we're big Doctor Who fans, Yeah. at the time of recording, they still have the, the full, light, and I think they have yeah. them for a while, the rights so, yeah. to all of uh, 2005 on yeah. from the yeah. reboot of Doctor Who. And might I add, a fantastic organization to them as well.
3: Oh like if okay. you want to go
2: back and watch Doctor Who, this is actually maybe the best way to do it if you're interested from the last 15 years. Um yeah, because they've done a really nice job. Wow, they've curated 15 this well.
3: Years. Holy cow. It really yeah, is, is. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. From Eccleston's first appearance to Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Well, there's yeah, some stuff to Yeah, watch. exactly.
3: Between those 10 plus four, yeah. like, 14 picture total. Uh, I think uh, hopefully you can find something that you like. And if you do, we'd really like to hear about it. So we're on all the social media stuff. Uh, you can, you can we're on Instagram, we're uh, on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. If you, if you find something you really liked, I re- uh, uh, Discord, if you find something you'd like, I'd really like to know so that we could, uh, you know because that really gives us a, a sense of joy uh, that we actually found something that someone went, oh, I watched the show, I never heard of it. I really liked it, thanks. Like that makes me feel really good. Uh, so that's why we do these things is trying to give you cool stuff to watch that other people think, If
2: so. uh, If you have watched anything we've uh, suggested and you thought it was a complete waste of your time, keep it to yourself.
3: Yeah, you can keep it to yourself. Yeah, we, don't, we don't need to hear that.
2: <laughs> the brink.
3: What were you, you thinking? Can... What was this about?
2: Ah, no, that won't be the one.
3: So all these things are streaming uh, now. So you know, as you as you finish Wonder Woman 1984 and you're looking for more things while you're waiting for Justice, Justice League, the Snyder Cut to come out, uh, there's a lot oh, of yes. really good stuff you can get into. So hopefully we've uh, steered you towards some good stuff awesome so we'll be back uh, in, the, in the hopefully in the near future to give you another take 10 on some other stuff uh so thanks for listening uh, enjoy the rest of our next real family of podcasts enough said bye and program